Hello and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host Katie Braden and this is episode 18 and this episode I stole um, from YouTube. It's a YouTube concept and it's like an anti-haul video but it's like a list of things that brands do that really really annoy me. So obviously being the PR department podcast this is going to have a PR perspective so it's going to be quite behind the scenes and I think a lot of PRs will relate and also a lot of you guys who are not PRs will (laughs) probably find it a bit insightful and hopefully funny. Um, To brands out there, I mean I work with brands all of the time. My clients are brands. Um, (laughs) This is supposed to be lighthearted. Nothing is referring to like people I've worked with. This is just quite general. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to preface by saying that just in case anyone gets upset not that anyone has ever been upset by my podcast I mean I feel like that could be used as like a soundbite that comes back to haunt me um but there we go it's out in the world now um so before we kick off I just want to say go and follow the Instagram at the PR department podcast um that's where all of the um episodes are posted first Um, and yeah, I would love to know what things brands do that annoy you, like slide into the DMs, leave me a comment. I'd love to know. First things first. And I feel like this is annoying, but it's also a struggle for all brands. And I face this daily, um, desperately trying to stay relevant and modern when it just doesn't fit and I think we see this a lot on TikTok like obviously TikTok is a platform for everyone it's gotten to a stage now a few years in where there's so many people on there in terms of like different parts of the world different race ethnicity different ages like there's a real um globalization kind of feel to it whereas at the beginning it was very like for young people like I think people who are not on TikTok will forever know know it as the the dancing app and it was like you know teens doing TikTok dances now it has obviously evolved significantly and with that evolution comes brands joining the platform a lot of brands have got on board now I mean we are like a fair few years in so even the late adapters are on there um but what we're seeing a lot with like these older brands and I feel really bad because I always use Clinique as an example but it's a really good example of like a corporate brand that is very much like a heritage brand and it's kind of like the bookmark for all of those brands that fit in the same bracket so it would be the equivalent of like sorry babe Clinique uh being on TikTok and trying to like talk Gen Z like I love seeing brands on TikTok I think some brands are killing it on TikTok and I am constantly keeping an eye out for brands that I think are doing really well and are doing really clever stuff so I can like you know incorporate it into my strategies etc but there are brands out there who it's very clear that it's like an older person trying to like get down with the kids if that makes sense and 
honestly all power to them for trying I really get how difficult it is like I'm 29 years old like I am not the TikTok dance demographic either um but when you see them trying to like pretend that they're Gen Z or like using like Gen Z slang and terms and signs and things like that it's it's it just feels quite cringe um and it gets even worse when they're doing these Gen Z things that they don't really like fully understand. They're just doing it because like a social media intern has told them to do it or they're doing it because it's a trend. Um, I think in terms of like advice here with brands that are struggling, because I know so many brand founders struggle, so many brands struggle with this platform, take the platform and make it work for you. Like there's no, we've reached a stage with TikTok where there's no like um, cookie cutter formula to going viral or having success. So I think a real like great thing to do is just take it run with it and do a lot of testing like it's something that I do with my own page and also my client pages I try and mix it up quite a lot like I don't stick to the same content all the time and I think doing that helps you to learn really quickly what works what doesn't work and if you're really struggling and you do have the budget please hire somebody who understands and can do it for you because honestly that will really save you some brain cells um you know having like a tiktok person is quite a fabulous idea and obviously it's such a luxury but if you can i would always advise that um and also if you can't afford a tiktok person there are lots of ugc um content creators out there that you can work with on a freelance basis um and they can make videos and content for you so that you have like a bank of stuff there at quite a low budget um so the next thing that really annoys me um, is making a marketing USP, so unique selling point, out of things that are just not unique. <laughs> like a really good example of this is gender neutral clothing. And whilst yes, there are incredible brands out there that do a really good job of gender inclusive and gender neutral clothing, which most of the time comes down to how they are presented. Like if you think about it without constructs, clothing is gender neutral in general. Like anybody can wear a dress, anyone can wear trousers, you know? So it's really how the brand markets these things. Like it's all through marketing that dresses are for girls and trousers are for boys, you know, where I'm going with this. Um, and so coming back to the thing that annoys me, it really, really gripes me when you see these brands, especially clothing brands, their main like marketing USP is that they're gender neutral and then their collections are really like um, masculine clothes, like t-shirts, tracksuits, jumpers, um, things that have always been gender neutral, unless you literally go back to the Victorian times where they weren't even wearing tracksuits. Um I just think it's such a random thing to be like this is our leading marketing claim because it literally means nothing you're giving me nothing the clothing is nine times out of ten really generic and it's annoying um because it takes away from like the brands out there who could generally make such good use of that marketing term as being like a niche but because it's so saturated with brands doing like utter stupid stuff like look at this gender neutral t-shirt that's just like oversized and brown like side note why are gender neutral things always things that are shades of beige 
and they're always like masculine leaning things like (laughs) I've actually written in my notes here you're giving nothing (laughs) and I honestly I stick by it you are giving me nothing no more brown t-shirts being sold as gender neutral clothing I am sick of that um this actually wasn't on my list, but it was so interesting. I was on um, this Instagrammer's page who is an incredible influencer and is actually really um, transparent and blunt called um, Brenda Hashtag. She's based in Berlin and she posts fashion content and she only exclusively wears black and white. I think it's fascinating. Anyway, I digress. Um, She posted on her Instagram stories today about, um, again, the kind of like similar thing to what I've said about making a USP that isn't a USP, like a whole marketing thing, especially when it comes to sustainable clothing. And she said the most hilarious thing. She was like, when are we going to stop like cutting up pieces of clothing, sticking them back together with raw hems, open hems and large safety pins and calling it sustainable? (laughs) When I tell you, like I really had a good laugh at that because I was like, she's so right. And one of the reasons that she said that it wasn't sustainable, which 100% is true, how are you going to wash and wear these items like a hundred times and like rewear them and rewear them and rewear them? Like, are you telling me that that like overlocked raw hem is going to stay there for a hundred wears? Because <laughs> that is like the true meaning of sustainability, isn't it? Like you buy a piece and you wear it and wear it and wear it and wear it. And when you're done wearing it, you find someone else to wear it and you like increase the cycle of that piece of clothing. Like that's super sustainable. But when you've got giant paper clips and again, like overlocked hems, like, how's that gonna work and then she went on to say can Instagram stop um showing me these brands thinking that I'm gonna like them they're not sustainable and I'm really overseeing it on my Instagram explore page (laughs) I really felt her point I really felt it anyway me going off on a tangent again um so another thing that brands do that really annoys me is um when I when I'm told I'm wrong (laughs) and I'm serious about that like I'm not even joking um and I'll explain why like I spend a hell of a lot of time doing what I do you know like I live I breathe it like all things PR marketing social media like it is as sad as it sounds like it is really my entire life and it is what I consume myself with day in day out um I'm also like super aware and I'm like actively educating myself and learning every single day to try and be as on the money when I come when it comes to like consulting clients you know producing a strategy really being on the mark in terms of like innovative campaigns forward-thinking campaigns so I spend a lot of my time you know in consuming knowledge of the market that I'm in in order to call myself a market expert um like I know that being perfect is not possible um but I can guarantee you like when I'm brought into work consult whatever it is nine times out of ten I'm the person in the room who knows most about the topic in hand so when it comes to me like being in a pitch or working or advising consulting and when I say something like I strongly advise um and that doesn't happen very often because for me to like strongly advise something I must like really really mean it 
Um, I also like try and adapt to like my clients wants and needs as much as possible. So when I'm strongly advising something, it really is meanful, meaningful. Um, but when I say that and people don't listen to me or insist against going against my recommendation, A, it drives me nuts and B, it's it's going to go wrong. Like I'm telling you, I have hindsight before it's happened and it's going to go wrong because if I strongly advise something, I really, really strongly advise it. Like I don't use that term very often, but when I do, it's like serious business. And, um, you know, I've experienced it before where I've been sat in a room and ignored. Um, and then it doesn't work out the way they think. And I'm just like, please guys when I say strongly I mean strongly um anyway I'm sure everyone who is an expert in their field can relate to the frustration of that sometimes um but hey ho we roll with the punches um the next one I have on my list is (laughs) I must have been really in my feels when I made this list because the next one is people who can't use emails Um, And then I'm just going to read you what I've written underneath. I said, it's literally on my page. It has a button. Don't DM me about work. It's so unprofessional. (laughs) I have a feeling like that was probably personal that day. I was really feeling it. But seriously, though, like business Instagram has been around for such a long time. And when we all got business Instagrams, which like was years ago, I couldn't even tell you the last time I was not a business Instagram we all got an email button and even when I didn't have an email button I had my email in my bio and I just think like when someone is giving you all of these signals and also their Instagram is very much like you know revolving around their work like yes I post personal stuff on my Instagram because I am a human being and I'm also freelance so I'm like hybrid of half human half pro but you know, when you've got your email in your bio, you've got your email button, etc, etc. And then people still insist on DMing you. Like I have absolutely no problem in people like reaching out and DMing me and being like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And then I'll go back and say, sure thing, here's my email. And then they email absolutely fine. But it's people who like consistently ignore it. And they consistently DM me about stuff. And I'm just like, I'm honestly, we're fighting a losing battle here, babe, because I don't want to do it. <laughs> and it, it means I instantly get my back up. So that's not a very good place to start. It's like if I was in the bathroom having a shower and one of my clients walked in and started asking me questions, like it's my private space. That's not a very good analogy because it's not the same, but you get where I'm going. Um, anyway, on to the next. Um, I've just written the sustainability card. I don't know who hurt me on this day, but I was clearly feeling very bruised. Um, so it, it drives me it drives me mad, the sustainability card. So I work with a lot of brands who are genuinely sustainable and it's really difficult to be genuinely sustainable. It costs a lot of money, a lot of effort, like production takes like 10 million times longer. Supplies are so much more expensive. It is a real trek. And when you have brands like PLT, boohoo misguided rip misguided stop like you are not sustainable 
the whole business model it revolves around you being unsustainable and having unsustainable practices um it doesn't allow you to even have an ounce of sustainability so just like stop using the word sustainability in your marketing like it's a complete lie we all know it's a lie and you don't need to be taking the shine and the attention away from the slow genuinely sustainable brands like for what like if I see one more like sustainability collection or a collection made out of sustainable materials like please tell me on what planet that polyester is sustainable because number one is plastic number two even if you recycled it someone's going to literally wear it once then it's going to end up in a landfill number three like the person who made it isn't on like a, a acceptable living wage the conditions that they work the amount of things that you fly the amount of things you sell like I could go on and on and on as to why these sustainable collections are not sustainable I feel like everybody knows it but they still have the audacity to like PLT with their recycled clothing like stop it stop it drives me crazy crazy um what's my next one where she goes nobody knows um okay seeing as we're on the marketing hype um thinking that inclusivity has to be a branding choice so being inclusive or diverse as a brand unless it is like your leading thing that your brand is all about it has nothing to do with branding like you can have an inclusive and diverse brand and those elements doesn't have like that can be completely separate to your branding um you you can literally have any branding you want and still be inclusive of everyone um if you're not inclusive it's because you don't want to be and it really makes me laugh when brands who are not inclusive then try to become inclusive but it always includes a rebrand like a really good example of this is um the new victoria secrets relaunch um so they recently obviously got cancelled because of their founder um like making transphobic comments we all know about that Um, They went away, obviously lost a ton of money and then they decided to come back with a new rebranded Victoria's Secrets and they dropped this new campaign which like in fairness yeah it was beautiful, it was much more diverse and much more inclusive of what we've seen before. However it was basically like the only way I can describe it to someone who hasn't seen it is like the 90s like Dove campaigns where there's like every different skin color in there like lots of different size inclusive women very natural like natural hair not much makeup no filter yada 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 fine love to see that from a brand like Victoria's Secrets however and this is where I'm going to pick it apart why did they have to get rid of everything that made Victoria's Secrets Victoria's Secrets secret the brand that it was like if you take out the the models and like the very like you know stereotypical like cis white female kind of vibe you had the pink you had the Victoria's Secret stripes you had the glamour like the angel wings like all of the key like 
branding um, signals and stuff that you think of when you think of Victoria's Secret was gone. And that kind of says to me, like, can black non-binary people, size inclusive people, can they, are they not allowed to wear pink and angel wings? Like, are we not allowed to see, like, a non-binary woman who is, like, over the size six margin? Like, are we not allowed to see her in full glam? Because... Like, I would have loved to have seen Victoria's Secret as it was, but diverse and inclusive. Like, this is comes back to my point. Like, it doesn't have to be a whole branding choice. Like, you don't have to come back and be like, we're diverse and inclusive now. But the brand is like this earthy, like, it's all of a sudden it's the body shop. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And it's so weird to me, like it's really weird that brands and people find it so hard to be inclusive and they find it so difficult that they have to be something completely different. Like I just want a diverse and inclusive gaggle of glamorous pink wearing, angel wearing, like a diverse and inclusive group of people, but with Victoria's Secret. Like, how incredible would that be? But no, they have to give us Dove. Boring. Um, another thing, uh, not to, like, harp on about diversity and inclusivity, because I know, like, in marketing it is a big thing and it does annoy everybody right now in terms of people not doing it correctly. But thinking, again, that diversity and inclusivity is all about race. It drives me crazy. Like, it's not it includes sizing, it includes ability, it includes so much more than race. Like being inclusive is so much more than just race. Um, Like I work with one of my brands called Creatives and, you know, they call themselves an inclusive brand. And that means that they cater cater for people who have motor disabilities and visual impairments and they're constantly doing research into minority communities who may need something different from their makeup tools because that is what inclusive is all about it's not like oh we've hired six models and they all look different like that's not what it's about it really isn't anyway I'm not going to harp on that one for too much longer because I know you're all intelligent human beings because you're listening to my podcast you are my people's um, so we'll move on from that one. The last one is very, very simple and it's um, things that brands do that annoy me and that is not paying their bills. Oh, that annoys me. It really does. Um, I have constant conversations about this with freelancers, not only in my own industry, but outside of my industry as well, about payment of bills. Um, I feel like at this stage, everyone in the industry knows my stance on it. Like, I work to get paid. Um, I have my payment terms. We all sign contracts. I work on a retainer unless agreed otherwise. Like you should not have me working for you if you cannot afford to pay a bill. Um, And that's not just for me. That is for like every single person who is employed, like every single freelancer that goes for. And I also will always stand by like the biggest way that you show that you appreciate and respect me is by paying me on time. Like that is how I exchange respect. 
um, because we're here to work. You know, we're not here for fun. Like we're not doing favors. We're working, and I think that really needs to be honored. Like imagine if you were employed, and then one day your employer was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just going to pay the whole company like three months late." Like, no, it would never fly. Like the company would literally crumble. So why is it different for freelancers? I just feel like there's not a lot more much more to say on that because it's just so obvious like everyone knows the right thing to do yet people still try and not do it honestly so those are all of the things that brands do that annoy me generally um and I would love to hear yours so head over to the PR department on Instagram the PR department podcast on Instagram um and let's chat over there because um I was obviously feeling really butthurt this day that I wrote this list um so I'd love to hear some of yours (laughs) so we can rant together um so yeah I hope you enjoyed that and I hope it was maybe a bit useful (laughs) or maybe you just like listening to me rant for 25 minutes anyway I'll see you on the next one bye